Welcome to another episode of CX Talks. Hello and welcome to CX Talks brought to you by Clarisys. I'm Sarah Daly, one of our customer experience SMEs in the business, and I'm joined by Kat and Rob, who are part of our insight and improvement team. In today's podcast, we'll be talking to you about why it's so important to use employees' feedback on their experience to drive the improvements for your customers. First of all, when we talk about employee feedback and customer experience, what do we really mean by that? So in its kind of simplest terms, employee experience is about all your touch points that your employees have within the organization. So right from when they're looking to join an organization, looking at a website in terms of jobs, going through that recruitment process, onboarding, performing their job and leaving. It's really important that we capture feedback throughout all those different touch points. And in terms of the link it has with CX, it's pretty simple. It's if you have happy employees, you have happy customers because you have the right tools, culture. So why is it so important to have such a good employee experience and how does that link to your customer experience? It's quite simple that if you have happy employees, you end up having satisfied customers. And that's because your employees are well-equipped, have the right support, culture, values, leadership in place to enable them to serve the customers in the best way possible. So Kat, when we talk about employee feedback, what are the different types of feedback that we can gather and how do organisations actually gather that feedback? Well, I guess there are two basic types of feedback that you can gather and that is quantitative feedback and qualitative feedback. Quantitative feedback is data which you're gathering, which speaks to a specific question, but in like a a yes or a no or agree or disagree kind of categorization. Whereas qualitative feedback is kind of the free text answers. So at Clarisys, we run a company survey twice a year where we ask employees uh, a really wide range of questions. It's about half and half qualitative questions versus quantitative questions to really give that mix of the kind of basic qualitative feedback that we can use and we can analyse and then letting people give their own kind of lived experience through that qualitative feedback. And Rob, how frequently do you think companies should be gathering employee feedback and why is that? It's a good question. I think for me, it's a lot about scale and like how fast as a business you move and what decisions you're looking to make. I'm quite happy with our regularity of twice a year having a company survey to ask sort of those higher picture overall questions, understand the direction of the business. But then potentially, depending on what you're looking to do or how your business is working, there may be a a different type of data that you might want to take more often. So we ran a pulse survey every week, which is a single question, a single understanding in a point of time about how we are feeling as a business. How's our motivation right now? Using that data point, we can actually see if we're having a bit of a slump, what can we do as a business to increase motivation, change things up? What do we need to do to improve? ourselves to help our customers and you mentioned there around doing a survey kind of twice a year is that across all employees and do you think it's important to gather different feedback across the organization yeah absolutely i think anyone should have the ability to give feedback to the company anyone could come up with a great idea or a different idea about how we could do things friendly off most recent survey focused a lot about diversity and inclusion and ensuring that as a business we're being inclusive and And I guess that starts with asking everyone how they feel about how the company's working, what information they think we can improve, anything we can do to to be better. That question should go to everyone. And and actually, I guess not just all levels, but all like sort of variations of the company. We ask the internal team as well as 
the consulting arm of our team because it's important that we hear all those different viewpoints and those diversity and opinions great and i think as you mentioned asking the consulting arm and internal staff if we look at kind of a b2c example say a telco company it's really important you get feedback from people who are directly speaking to customers so people in the contact center who are on the ground really hearing emotion from customers what are they going through what are their pain points through to you know engineers going out and visiting homes and visually seeing what problems they're having right through until potentially HR, finance, what are their struggles? Because that will have a knock-on impact onto customers. So yeah, I think that's that's really important. And one of the things that we talk about here is your employee effort score. And this is really a measurement of how difficult or how easy is it for you to be able to do your job. And obviously you always have a customer the reason a business survives is because you've got different types of customers. So if it's difficult for you to do your job because you might not have the right technology or you might not be trained in the right way, that then has an impact in terms of the service your customer gets. So measuring your employee effort score is really, really important. And I think as well, Rob, just touching on your point about asking different people across the organization that all feeds into kind of improvements I'd say across the organization. So right through until looking at your strategy and your customer experience strategy and what should you be focused on and what does customer experience really mean for you through to what products and services do you want to design and develop based on what your customers are saying, but also what your employees are observing, what they're seeing and actually the feedback that they're giving you as well. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense that the decision makers typically in a business don't interact that frequently with their customers. And so I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that the people that probably have the best insight to what could be improved or make their life easier to make their customers' life easier are the people that directly interact with those customers. So yeah, I, I, I strongly think that ensuring that those their voices can be heard in any way and as often as possible is an important feature of an insights team. I think there's also a maturity point here. So something that we've been thinking about recently is how we want to perhaps change our survey for the internal team and also for our team in the US. So Clarisys has grown quite a lot in the past couple of years and we haven't needed to differentiate in that way. But kind of as we grow and as our internal function gets more mature and the US team kind of has different needs, we're starting to think about how we can ask different questions to those different groups to get better insights that are more tailored for what they actually need. And I think that kind of speaks across lots of different organizations. There is always going to be that kind of core one size fits all set of questions you want to ask everyone for comparability, but it's good to also think about the kind of specific bits you want to drill down into and different functions or geographies or product lines or kind of whichever way you want to split your business up. Yeah, I think that's a really, really important point, Cal. I'm glad you raised it because I think it's probably assumed by some that you can kind of do a blanket generic survey and you'll touch on everything. But as you said, it's really important. Every company is very different. It's unique. And so it may, you need to ensure you're gathering the right data based on what type of organization you are. One question I had in terms of gathering that data, to what extent do you think it's important to get insight on employee motivation, engagement and what are your views on how that actually links to your customer experience? If you're looking at how do people feel in terms of their positivity and in terms of their mentality, from an employee point of view, you can imagine that a more happy, a more positive employee provides a better customer experience. And then from that logic, how do you collect that data about how a employee is feeling? We have the Pulse survey, but I would say here that this is more for us on our coaching structure and your internal structure in terms of how you structure your teams how do you 
create a culture within your employees that allows you to say, I'm not feeling very motivated this week. I'm struggling. How can my team help me do better this week? Or this week I'm feeling really motivated. Can I pull the rest of the team along because I'm feeling so happy? That sort of culture, the way that you build teams and deliver projects or however you work in an employee environment, I think is probably the, the best way of sort of capturing that motivational data. As a company, the, the feeling of motivation probably isn't uniform in the sense that you probably don't all feel motivated the same week or don't feel motivated another week. I think it is probably very specific to specific teams or specific projects, specific makeups or depends on what's going on in the world. There's so many different variables basically goes into how you might be motivated that I question the need to capture all that data. And I think that probably leads us to an interesting point around what data is important and what data isn't. And how do you choose what data to capture, what questions to ask? There's a lot of thought around decision-driven data analysis. The idea that firstly, you think about what decision you might want to make. And then you go, okay, so what data can we capture to enable us to make a better decision in this area? And it can be quite generic, but it's, it's just important to think about the outcome that you're trying to get to from the data versus actually just collecting data for the sake of it. And often you can start collecting too much data and then your employees get annoyed, your customers get annoyed, they don't finish the survey. Lots of things to consider when collecting that data to ensure that you can actually action it and turn it into something useful. Yeah, I'm glad you've moved on to that role because that was actually going to be my next question in terms of once companies gather all this data and you hear about it a lot with our clients that they gather data twice a year, they've got all of this useful insight, but they really struggle to actually analyze it in a meaningful way and make the impact. And so I was just wondering in terms of your experience, how do you even start to look at the wealth of data and use it in an intelligent and meaningful way, both within the organization and then also to be able to improve that CX element as well? I think, as Kat alluded to earlier, we collect both qualitative and quantitative data. Qualitative data takes a really long time to analyze. Maybe if you're Amazon or Google, you can actually analyze text-based answers and probably use some machine learning to understand the actions that come out of it. But for us as a small company, it's a manual effort. But when it comes to the more quantitative data, the ability for us to just throw a load of numbers in a spreadsheet and work out the direction the business is going, that's an easier task. I guess for me, the, the best route to actually start analysing data is work out the decisions you're making. What are your areas where you think things need to improve? You have an inkling and then you validate that. You come up with a hypothesis, you come up with a thought that there might be something that needs to improve here and you prove it probably with quantitative data. So all you need is an inkling. For example, recently we saw one of our questions trending downwards. We've been trending down a couple of surveys in a row. It was around people's careers and they weren't very happy. And so for us, it's like a light bulb moment. It's like, okay, we've got something that we need to focus upon. Now we talk to the business. What decision could we make? What changes could we make? What's the potential here? And then we ask more questions, more qualitative and quantitative questions on that topic and really start understanding it because we want to be able to make a decision to improve that single potential downwards trend that we can then improve and we can come up with all sorts of ideas and all sorts of improvements using that and, and I think it's important to firstly collect all that type of data qualitative and quantitative to find those trends and to understand where you actually can improve and then finally to sort of go into more detail ask more questions collect more data very specifically about what you want to improve. And I guess on looking at all the data and looking at the trends and maybe Kai it'll be good to get your view on this is to what extent do you think it's important to look across the different departments opposed to just within department at that data? Thinking from a customer point of view, if you're going back to kind of that telco 
example, for instance, I might have an overall great experience, but that might be made up because there are different people across different departments. So I was just wondering how, from an internal point of view, is it important to look across feedback and look at the trends across an organization or is it fine just to kind of stick just within sales or just within marketing? Yeah, that's quite interesting. So what we do at Claris is we have this kind of big monster spreadsheet um, that's been built over a couple of years, which means that we can just plug our latest survey data into it and it kind of will then build the trends from, I think it's 2017 we've got data from. And we can look at that from a gender perspective, from if you're a coach or not a coach. So that kind of basically translates to how senior you are in the organisation. If you're kind of above a certain level, you tend to be a coach. And the US and the UK as well. And we can do tenure. So we've kind of split people up into people who are brand new, so less than six months. And then there's like a mid-level and then long term over three or four years there's kind of a couple of different ways that we can cut the data and it's really useful and interesting to be able to do that so yeah even if the whole company seemed like it was trending really well on a certain metric if we looked at people who for instance had been at the company for more than five years we could then see that perhaps they were trending down and that's the kind of stuff that really starts to tell us what's going on what's actually kind of behind that data and if it's just for instance new joiners are really positive about certain elements because they've just been inducted and they're really kind of into the classist mindset and getting into the new job versus people who've been there for a long time perhaps they're not feeling that way and that's when we can really start to make those kind of targeted improvement initiatives so we can segment the company into like a group which could even be five people or less it could be that small and begin to think of ways that we can improve their employee experience which when we try to keep ourselves as a small friendly company I think it's really valuable that we're able to drill into the data to that extent. And Rob you started to talk about before kind of combining quantitative and qualitative data when you're starting to look at improvements and initiatives how do you think it you can use that employee feedback to make a lasting impact to both EX employee experience and also customer experience to what extent can you actually combine our employee feedback with our customer satisfaction feedback yeah it's a good question i think they validate each other in many respects the csat data often comes with very strong feedback from our clients and our customers on how we work with them with the service that we provided them and where we can improve and i think if both customer and employee are saying the same thing, I think that gives a very, very strong indication that something can be changed there. Or on the flip, obviously, if something's going very well and we're saying it and they're saying it, then great. Also, again, we can show that we can do more of that or we should focus in on that area. And I think the combination of customer and employee feedback can be merged much easier with a quantitative data set but actually the qualitative probably has more value in the sense that you can look into that data and say actually they're talking about this offering that we have our employers have said we really like working in let's go with cx for example and our customers said they love our customer experience then we've got a great leg to stand on so we should hone in on that on vice versa we can say our customer experience isn't that great actually it's not going very well and our customers are saying the same thing and they're saying hey you could improve how you communicate with us you can improve this area again that sort of validates it from two angles it's probably has more meaning and more impact if we're hearing that data or that information from multiple places that are employees and customers. And we use customer journey maps quite a lot to understand our customers end-to-end experience and we also use that internally to look at the employee experience as well. Do you think that it's worth almost looking at them holistically across both of the journeys and the data to be able to look at improvements? Do you think that's valuable to organisations to be able to do that? Yes, I think when you look at customer journey maps, you think about the touch points that you as a customer have with the organization, and you can almost superimpose that on your employee journey map. 
and think about where the touch points overlap and those are the, obviously the most valuable points in that journey where an improvement to your employee experience can really materially improve your customer experience. But within that, I think those touch points are important between the customer and the employee. But it, the question you then ask is, well, what data do you collect at that point? Is there, is there a method by which you're collecting data at that touch point with the customer and the, and the employee? What does that look like? Is it qualitative? Is it quantitative? At those major touch points, do you have all the necessary data to make educated decisions? If not, that's something you should focus on. And say also, is it the same data? So is it directly comparable? So if you're comparing qualitative with quantitative, that could kind of give you a good idea, but you're kind of really comparing apples and oranges. Whereas if you're gathering quantitative data at both those points, you can directly compare and really get a good picture of how both your customers and your employees are feeling. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting point because I think you started talking about it, Kat, in terms of if you can map your journeys together and you start looking at the feedback and where are the issues, you can start saying if you've got someone in billing, for instance, who some of their feedback is around not having the right technology in place to be able to do their job. And then you see that actually your customer receives a bill and it's frequently incorrect and they're getting overcharged. Once again, you can actually map that directly to some of the feedback that's happening internally and therefore some of the improvements that are needed. So once you've been able to interrogate the data, combine your employee feedback, some of your customer data as well, how do you feel like actually you could identify improvements which your employees can be a part of, which would improve their own experience, but also have an impact on your wider customers as well? I think asking employees the questions, how do you think our customer experience could be improved, inevitably sort of brings them, starts them on that journey, right? They're then starting to become more invested in improving the experience of their customers. And because you've started that journey with them, I think you need to also then finish it with them or continue it with them at least, which is, okay, so we've now identified that there's a pain point here for our customers. You've said it, the customers said it. What can we do to fix it? That's when you go back to, the, to your employee. You wouldn't go to the customer and ask them, hey, how do you fix this probably? You would go to your employees on the ground with your customers saying, hey, you've, you've told us there's this pain point, but what can we do to fix it? You bring them with you on that journey. Is there a change in our strategy? Is there a new element that we need to bring to our product? What can we change to improve that customer experience? And then you continue that conversation. Maybe that conversation then goes away. You go and discuss how you could improve it amongst leadership. You constantly go back. Okay, so we come up with these ideas. Products come up with this idea. Leadership's come up with this idea. What do you think? Validate it with the, with the other employees. And I'm sure because they were the original finders of that say pain point they'll want to stay invested in that journey in fact the best outcome is probably that they find this pain point you say hey there's this pain point what should we do about it either your business empowers them to lead and come up with a solution completely on their own there's some interesting companies that empower people to come up with their own ideas when they find a pain point I think a classic example, the Happy Meal from McDonald's was just an employee going, no kids are buying our meals. We're really struggling to sell McDonald's to these kids. They come up with this package box. Well, we all know what happened later, right? This thing kicked off. And, and I think if you empower your employees to come up with their own ideas based on data. Now, I don't know if the Happy Meal came because of data. It was probably just anecdotally, they weren't selling to kids. They would have noticed it. They, once you've empowered your employees to do that, then you're golden, right? You're improving your customer experience almost naturally because they're basing off these pain points that you've empowered them to improve. I think that's such a great example of that anecdotal feedback from an employee just because they're on the shop floor. They're witnessing what's happening. They can see the frustration that the kids don't have a meal to purchase. 
So I think that's a great example of how you're using feedback from the employee and from their point of view, maybe if they've got sales targets and not able to hit them, that's something which is quite frustrating and how that's actually evolved a key product for them. So I really, really like that one. I guess with kind of big strategic transformation programs, which you might not have a frontline member of staff directly involved with, how do you think it's still important to get their feedback when you are going through a two, three-year big transformation program that could be focused on improving your customer experience, say you've got a new CRM being implemented? How do you think it's still important to be able to get employee feedback during that? It depends on how you're delivering that transformation. Let's assume agile delivery, then I would involve the employees in UAT apps every possible point. I would involve the customer at UAT probably, if you could, at every possible point to ensure that as you develop a new huge digital transformation, you're ensuring that that is going in the direction which would help the customer. Even in the early stages, they'll, they'll notice things that clearly you've not, you've not got to yet. It's early stage in the digital transformation, but it will still give you sort of a strategic direction. The customer is saying they want this. The employee is also saying that this would help them deliver this customer a better experience. Then if you're getting that feedback early, then you'll be able to continually improve and enhance towards a, the best customer experience that you can have. Great. Thanks, Rob. So Kat, you mentioned twice a year kind of surveys are done within our organisation. How do we make sure that we demonstrate that actually employees are being heard? So they've given feedback. How do we actually demonstrate something's changing? In organisations I know I've worked at, people get a little bit frustrated if they're writing the same thing in every feedback in terms of what's not going well. I think that's a really good point and something that we're trying to improve on. What we're doing off the back of the most recent survey is looking at all the different suggestions that were made in those free text answers and not just taking the, the ones that seem to be the most important to or the ones which are mentioned the most. We're actually putting a document together of every single issue that was raised and then going towards the owners. It was an issue that was related to HR. So we'd go to the HR team, we would tell them this is the feedback that we've been given and then we're chasing them on kind of what their next steps are um, and what we can then report back to the rest of the company. So that's quite a time-consuming exercise. It means that every comment which has been made does have kind of a home is being acted upon. I think it's really helpful in improving our response rate for future surveys because it means that people are really seeing the initiatives that are coming off the back of their feedback and just making them more confident that it is worthwhile to be filling out these surveys, which can sometimes, it takes 10 minutes out of your busy day. It can be 10 minutes you don't think you've got to spare, but I think we're trying to prove that it is really, really important to take that time. So it's not just the verbal, we've heard you, it's actually starting to change things so people can see the impact of the feedback they're actually providing. Something else we've been doing also is looking at kind of what the hot topics that come off of each survey are and trying to define kind of based off the qualitative and the quantitative answers what are the the one or two really hot things that people are talking about or getting kind of upset about or getting really passionate about and then in the obviously six months between each survey taking a bit of time to really dig into that so I think Rob mentioned earlier that we did one around people's career aspirations last time and we're still looking at what's come out of this most recent survey but hoping to show everyone that INI isn't just like a, we don't just pop up twice a year that we're a kind of all year round function and we are always working for people to make classes a better place to work. Great okay and I guess final question from me is as you mentioned there it takes time to look through your employee data to action it to make the improvements to feed that back to employees that continuous feedback loop how how do you think organizations can actually validate the the value of doing this the benefit of looking at employee feedback 
and the impact it has on their customer experience. Well, I think if in, the, in that case, it goes back to the, the surveys. You're asking the questions, you're asking the data that you're collecting. And you say there are five suggestions that come out of a company survey that you asked in January. When you next ask those same five questions in June, and you've either made a change on one or two of them, or all five of them, you've made a change. Do you see an upwards tick in, say it's in motivation, or say it's in... Uh, a specific product that you're saying this isn't selling well, how can we improve it? You've made these suggestions and then people are saying, yes, this is a better product. Our customers are having a better time with it. If you continue to ask the same questions, collect similar data points, see the trends, not only over a short time, that was a six month period. We've, as Kat mentioned earlier, I think we've actually got data going back to 2014. So we can compare the way that we're feeling now to what we were feeling seven years ago and go, well, why... Why is our customer experience way worse or way better? And what did we change at what points? And how did that affect the trends or the, the data that we were receiving? I think it's all about having that continual input of data to be able to continue to compare and contrast month on month, year on year, how your changes are affecting your customer experience and employee experience. I think there's also a couple of external benchmarks you can do. So we look at our net promoter score. So how likely an employee of Clarice's is to recommend us as a great place to work. And that's a pretty widely recorded metric in lots of different organisations. And so we can benchmark our result there against external results. And that just lets us see kind of if we're going in the right direction and where we are relative to our competitors. Right. And I guess you can also look at the customer net promoter score as well. Is it kind of correlated in terms of that increase and things like your customer satisfaction, actually, as your employees are getting happier? Are your customers getting happier? Are you acquiring new customers or retaining more of your existing customer base? What is it doing to that bottom line as well? Obviously, there are different factors. It's not just employee experience, but it's a significant contributor to that. Okay, great. I think that's all we have time for today. But thank you, Rob and Kat, for your time. It's been great chatting to you. And I hope everyone listening has enjoyed the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thank you, listeners, for listening. And we look forward to welcoming you on another episode of CX Talks. Mm-hmm.